We're going to start now a new topic on the theme of Shabbos. And the first uh, first talk will be in connection to Amir Lenachri, which is instructing a non-Jew to do work for you on Shabbos. And also, when you can, when you when is the problem to benefit from the work of a Goy that he does for you? So this is based upon the Simon Resh Mem Gimel, chapter two hundred and forty-three. It's almost one of the first uh, simanim in the. Shulchan Aruch in Ilka Shabbos. It actually starts in 242. So this is chapter 243. And so the theme we'll start is, is, is from the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, where he brings in Sif Aleph three reasons why you're not allowed to instruct a non-Jew to do work for you on Shabbos. He says, first of all, it doesn't make a difference if you pay the guy or he's doing it for free. And you could have told him even before Shabbos started, he is not allowed to do work for you on Shabbos. Now, what is the reason for this? So he brings three reasons. One reason is because he's acting as a shlichus. The goy is acting as your messenger. And we have a rule that even though that the rule of acting as a messenger, you know, that a messenger is acting like he is the... Uh, he is like the sender, or the or the opposite. The sender, the messenger is acting as an extension of the sender, and if the messenger is doing an avera, it's like the sender is doing the avera. In this case, if the Jew tells the guy to do work, so it's like the Jew is doing it basically. So the rule is is that we only have shlucho shaldim kamoisu in regard to the laws of um, a Jew. Because the whole source of, of, of a shliach acting as a, in place of the messenger, or the messenger acting in place of the sender, is only, you know, we find it by the mitzvah of truma. That it says that you have to be like a Jew, you, you have to be a b'nei brit, a, a covenant member, in order to be able to separate truma. So, the, so too with other mitzvahs. So why are we worried here? Why are we worried that if you tell a guy to do an act which for you is forbidden, but he's not able to be a real shliach, according to the Torah. So the answer is, is because there is a stringency, that out of stringency, we sometimes will apply the concept that a goy can act as your shliach. So if you're telling him to do something like violate Shabbos, although for him it's not forbidden, so in a way we treat it as if you, the person who telling him to act on your behalf, it's as if you're doing it. So therefore, we have to be stringent in that regard. That's from based on a Rashi in the Gemara in Hilcha Shabbos, in Misach the Shabbos. We have another reason. Why is it that you're not allowed to tell a non-Jew to do work for you? So the Alter Rebbe brings a second reason, and this is the, uh, the main, main reason. In order that Shabbos should not be kala be'ene ha'am, that Shabbos should not be light in the eyes of the people. If you would be able to, you know, tell a goy, turn this light on for me, uh, light the uh, turn turn this on, uh, turn this off, bring out the car, etc. So then, ultimately, Shabbos doesn't have much holiness in your eyes. A third reason. And Alter adds, Yesh Remez Lisser Zebinot, right? He says there's like a hint to the concept of, uh, uh, of forbidding telling a non Jew to do work for you. 
Then he says it's Minatora, and if and what's the he says it's he says basically it says in the Pasik uh that it says that all malacha you cannot do. Kol malacha lo behem, right? Which means that all work you're not allowed to have it done. The wording of lo yase is implying that even if you are not the one doing it, rather other people are doing it for you it still will be forbidden. So thus we see that there's like this hint that you can't uh, have or rely on a non-Jew to, to work for you. So we have here those three reasons. At the end, of the, uh, it's interesting because normally the, the rule is, is that when there is an Isser, which is the Rabban, bottom line, bottom line we see from these reasons is that at the end of the day, even though there's a hint that, tell, that having a Jew a guy do work for you is, is forbidden, but that it's, it's like a hint from the Torah, but it's not minatar. Having a non-Jew do work for you on Shabbat, Shabbos, is only rabbinical. So you would think that a rabbinical law, there is a rule that we don't make gezerot le gezerot. We don't add decrees upon decrees on rabbinical uh, violations. But actually, as it's brought in Sif Beis, that the Chachamim, at least in regard to the laws of Shabbos, they're very stringent. They were extremely stringent on these matters. The And they added many decrees upon decrees. So you would think that if, since the whole violation of telling a non-Jew to do work for you on Shabbat, or Malacha, is only rabbinical. So if he did it after the fact, you should be allowed to, uh, you know, maybe benefit or something like that. Okay? So, but we learn, and, and that's what's brought down here, that even if the goy did it for you, you're not allowed to benefit from the work. Even though that the whole violation is only rabbinical. Right? Or, for example, if he did it for you knowingly, yeah, and you, you can't benefit from it until the Shabbat ends, Shabbos ends, and you have to wait till within the amount of time it would take for you to have done the, the to start it right after Shabbos, so that you shouldn't have any benefit whatsoever. And sometimes we find, for example, in the halacha, that if you see the guy doing a work, you need sometimes, you have to protest, you know, to uh, benefit from it. So we see how stringent these laws are, that even though it's only rabbinical violation, we, we, we don't go in the normative way of halacha, that we just stop it and say, well, okay, he did it already, you know, he can benefit. No, we make gzerot like gzerot. We make decrees upon decrees, even in Isser, which is rabbinical in nature. With that, with that concept, that brings us in Siv Gimel, where the Altar Rebbe introduces other types of works that a goy um, could do for a Jew. So, you know, there are different types of businesses. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to just say it in a way where it can be understood of the concept as opposed to all the details that is mentioned here. So the idea is like this. Let's say in the Chazal's times, there were, you know, very famous types of businesses which were known for, you know, you don't, you don't rent them out. You don't, you don't rent them out for a day. You, you it's like the ownership of the business is belonging to that person. He doesn't like uh, rent out the ownership of the business to someone else. So, for example, uh, let's say somebody owned in the Chazal's times, the uh, Sages' times, it was known that if you had bathhouses, 
people didn't, if it was known, oh, this bathhouse belongs to a Jew. If you're going to have a non-Jew working in the bathhouse for you on Shabbos, so first of all, he's doing work for you. Uh, maybe if he has to work to set the place up, even if he doesn't need to do any work, but the mere fact that he's making money for you, so it's like you're getting recognized Shabbos payments, which is itself not allowed. And even the Shulchan goes on, also the, the Shulchan of Beit Yosef, he talks about, let's say all you wanted to do was sell the business to a guy. Sometimes people talk about, oh, you can close the business, sell it to a non-Jew, and the non-Jew will buy the business off you for the days of Shabbos, and, and you'll figure out how to, how to just, you know, you'll get your payment for that. So it's not allowed. It's really not allowed. Why? Because the, the name of the business is known to be associated with the Jew. Everybody knows that this bathhouse was a Jewish-owned bathhouse. So now that they're going to see a guy running it, what are they going to say? They're going to say, well, uh, he bought it off him for Shabbos. The people don't think that way. So in other words, there's a marit ayin. There's like a, this idea where there's some sort of a suspicion that people will have um, and think that the Jew is just generating profits, which are forbidden types of profits, like regular Shabbos work. Like he doesn't close his shop on Shabbos. He just continues working seven days a week or has... Uh, people doing the work on his behalf. So even if he t- sold it a legitimate sale, however that can be done properly, but people won't believe it that way. So it'll be forbidden as a form of Marat Ein. We will delve into this more in our next recording on how people can run a business um, if they're ever allowed to sell businesses to have non-Jews own, own them on Shabbos. Um, but generally, that what we learn in Simon Reish Mem Gimel, chapter 243, is that if the business is known that it's not something that people sell, generally you cannot then sell it for Shabbos payments or Shabbos uh, profits because people will just consider it as if they're not going to know that and they're going to just think it's yours. But there are some times when you can sell the business as we will go into our next recording.